This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. We have a lot of characters rolling around in our country today and all over the world. Everybody talks about character or the lack thereof, but what is character anyway? When we use the word in the form of, well, he's a real character or she's a real character, we're not necessarily talking about something positive, but we are talking about something that seems to create an identity for that particular person. Then, when we use the term in terms of a person having a good character, then obviously we're using the term in a very different way, and we like to think that we want ourselves and our children to be identified with good character. But what is it? What is character anyway? Well, as the Supreme Court justices said concerning the matter of pornography years ago, I'll know it when I see it, they said. Maybe we'll know good character when we see it, and maybe we won't because of the influence of culture in our homes, yes, even Christian homes. So our kids are living in a cultural firestorm. We know that, the likes of which most parents, including Christian Christian parents, could have never even imagined. And we're watching as the pillars of civil society are fracturing, breaking down right in front of our eyes. And then we wonder how we're supposed to raise our kids in the midst of this mess. How could our children have been born for such a time as this? Well, maybe God wanted them to be born in such a time as this. Maybe he wanted you and I to be parents and grandparents for such a time as this. God chose us. And so I want you to think today as we march forward with our special guest, Kathy Cook, I want you to consider that God has chosen you for such a time as this, to be a parent, to be a grandparent, Notwithstanding all of the seeming difficulties and challenges, yes, he's chosen us. What you didn't know today, my friends, is that I just completed chapter 13 of my uh, 11th book, dealing with now parenting for persecution. How to prepare parents to prepare their children for times of invasive persecution that is coming upon us. Well, obviously... There's no way we can prepare our children for times like these, perilous times that the Apostle Paul talked about, unless we are preparing them to be children of godly character. If we don't do that, we have no foundation laid for courage, for strength, to be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand to stand. So today on Viewpoint, we're going to be talking with uh, uh, Kathy Cook. She's joining us again today, this time with her book, Parent Differently, How to Raise Kids with Biblical Character That Can and Will Change the Culture If We're Serious About It. Kathy, it's good to have you back on the program. I'm really glad to be here, Chuck. Thanks for inviting me. Well, you have uh, written a number of books. How many books have you written now? This was number seven. Number seven. Well, please don't keep trying to catch up to me because you'll soon pass. (laughs) I don't know how many more books I have under my pen. Uh, It depends on the Holy Spirit. So I suppose the same is with you. Uh, 
But yes. you're you're forwarding, you're talking continually about children, about families. What is it that burns in your heart about our kids? Oh, Chuck, I want them to know who they are so that they can be and do the things that God created them to be and do. And that's one of the reasons I wrote this book, because without biblical character, children will not become who God created them to be. He had a vision for their lives when he knit them together, and I want kids to know that. That's the first thing I would say when you ask me that question. Uh huh. Well, uh, you have been uh, heading up a ministry called Celebrate Kids. Tell us a little bit about what that's all about. Right. I want kids to be celebrated for who they are and not just for what they do. Uh-huh. And so we, um, we manage that. Now, Jesus celebrated kids, and we want to equip other people to do the same. So we do that through books and through podcasts and online courses and social media and public speaking. So mostly I am a public speaker. I'm hired by, you know, churches and schools and, you know, conference coordinators to uh-huh. bring messages of hope and healing to parents, grandparents, educators. And it's a true joy. And kids directly. I love to talk to kids and teens directly as well. Were you once a school teacher? I was. I'm a former teacher of second graders. I'm Uh a former middle school coach, school board member of a Christian school, and a university professor. And I thought I would do each of those things forever. And God kept moving me on to really minister to parents because of Deuteronomy 6. I just knew that although the work I was doing as a university professor, I'm preparing teachers to teach well, I knew that that was important. But God just kept through the Holy Spirit directing me toward parents because, you know, you're the most important teacher your kid will ever have, and there's, there's not a lot of training for it. You know, maybe you're trained how to give birth, diaper, feed, and bathe, and they send you home with a human. You know, it's kind of important that we get it right. Yeah, well, it is. And, uh, you know, I was thinking as you were relating in summary uh, your background, and our backgrounds are not all that dissimilar, uh, mm-hmm. Even though I practiced law for 20 years, before that, I taught school for nine years uh, mm. in junior high school and was a coach for five years, Okay, uh, even while I was going to law school. And so much of what I do has sort of a, a coaching motif to it. Uh, some yes. people have noticed that and um, was involved in virtually every level of education, was uh, on a board of a Christian day school and then uh, a very large Christian elementary school, and Mm. then also a Christian university. Uh, So, you know, education is very important. What what I've discovered, Kathy, is that even amid all of the so-called Christian education, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's not building our children's Christian character, and it very Mm. much troubles me. Oh, it troubles me as well. There's way too much competition. There's way too much of an emphasis on perfectionism and comparison, what I call comparisonitis. Um, Way too many kids today are way too busy, so they're not resting well, and they're not able to read for leisure and serve the community um, and serve God, you know, through their gifts, and it does concern me as well. Well, not only that, but what I discovered uh, right in the heart of uh, much of so-called Christian education was that godly character wasn't necessarily all that emphasized or even practiced. That's so true. Yeah, it's so true. It's the hardest thing to teach, right? We skill and drill the ABCs, and we skill and drill the one, two, threes, but we state a rule and expect compliance, or we have a list of policies on the board, if you will, expecting kids to behave. And yet, because of the sin nature, obedience and character don't come quickly, don't come easily. And then when you add the fact that way too many parents and grandparents and educators, unfortunately, people at large, are not taking their own character seriously. So we're not effective right. role models 
too many kids are living with hypocrisy and a lack of integrity, and they're looking around at our, you know, leaders and wondering, you know, why does it matter that I would be a good person? These other people, you know, appear to have character flaws, and they're in positions of power and leadership. So we have to do a better job, and we do need to teach this and stop just telling and yelling. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you can yell at people. Uh, God didn't really yell at people. Some people think he did. Some people mm. think that the God of the Old Testament is one who yells at people and just uh, is a mean, ugly old ogre. But the reality mm. is that God in the Old Testament functions more like a father, a parent. And yes. uh, he is demonstrating that uh, in the way he deals with uh, those that he charges with leadership and those that he charged, even as his own uh, people, the children of Israel. So he wanted them to be walk with character too, but they were a bunch of characters. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Some have said that influence is more important than information and uh, knowledge and so on. And so today, our young people are striving to be influencers. But what kind of influence are they conveying, and what do they mean by being an influencer? Are they people of character, young people of character, that are seeking to influence uh, others their peer groups and others within their sphere of their podcasts or whatever else they're doing? Or are they doing just the opposite? Are they actually training our culture to live as ungodly characters? Well, today on Viewpoint, our special guest, uh, Kathy Cook, uh, talking with in, in her book, her brand new book, Par- uh, Parenting Differently, Raising Kids with Biblical Character that Changes Culture. And I want to make this uh, 16 a $15 book available to you. It's on our website for $14. Uh, just give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And, of course, as I said, it's right there on our website, saveus.org. Kathy? Uh, what about all these influencers out there? It seems that that is the big deal today, isn't it? It is. Way too many of our children think that it's easy to become an influencer. They think that it doesn't take time, money, or talent. And, you know, I'm, part of me is excited that they know that they can make a difference because that's purpose. That's why we were created was to be influential and make, make a difference for other people. Mm-hmm. And yet it makes me sad that they don't, again, if they don't have character, perseverance, diligence, other-centeredness, patience, kindness, wisdom, love, they're going to not be influencing people in the right direction. And that, of course, would be wrong and really sad. Exactly. In fact, uh, what they really think and display is that the lack of character is what Mm. really gives them influence. And so they do everything they can to conform to the most outlandish, uh, uh, Mm. rawly accepted version of the culture in order to gain a reputation. Oh, that's such, that's really powerful insight, Chuck, and really sad, isn't it? 
Well, they be looking, yeah, if they look around and they see that negative wins so often. Particularly what I see in your book, it says developing a reputation based on character is so much better than one based on popularity, beauty, and even ability. Mm. Mm, amen, because it lasts. Character is destiny. It is what will open doors. You can talk to anybody in the workforce, anybody who's in healthy, positive, long-standing relationships, and they'll tell you that skill might have opened the door for them, ability might have gotten them an interview, if you will, but it's their character that's going to allow them to be promoted, it's going to allow them to stay it's what makes relationships healthy and long, long-standing, even when there are conflicts that we have to manage. And it will be their lack of character that gets them demoted or mm-hmm. relegated to the dustbin of employment. <laughs> yes, especially if they've been hired by, if you will, good people, right? right? You know, if they're hired by shysters, they're hired by people who fully manipulate and lie to get their way, then maybe that won't be their case but it won't be good for them. It will not lead to the abundant life that Jesus Christ died that we would have, and that's what's wrong. One of the things that I am uh, really concerned about, and I think I related that is in my opening statement here concerning the book that I'm writing now, in the chapter concerning uh, preparing parents to parent their children in the light of uh, uh, an onslaught of persecution, is that uh, children need to be prepared uh, to stand alone like Daniel, to dare to have a purpose firm, to dare to make it known, mm-hmm. and not to mm-hmm. be conformed to the all of the whys and wherefores and, and motivations of the culture to try to be like it and to be accepted. Uh, and it seems to me that that requires true godly character. And I think that's the reason why we need to bring this before the people today, our listeners, because parents... Professing Christian parents don't quite get it oftentimes. You know, yes, thank you for the endorsement. And a lot of parents today want to get it. You know, you and I write books for people who understand that they're lacking some sort of wisdom, some, Mm -hmm. you know, strategies here and there. And so a lot of us don't know what character is. A lot of people may try to have Christ-like character. Now, my book's about biblical character, which which is different. And a lot of people, if you were to ask them again, what is character, they don't know for sure, or they can't list maybe more than four or five character qualities, where my book has 48 and a list of a baker's dozen 13. Yeah. We can become this. Chuck, so many people have already read the book and said, oh, Kathy, it affected me. Like, uh-huh. I understand now as a, as a man or woman, a husband, wife, a father, mother, whatever, that I can work on my own self, and I will then become the person of influence who I say I want to be. Exactly. You know, that's exactly what uh, I had in mind, in my heart, as I was writing uh, this very lengthy chapter to parents, that in order for parents to truly be able to guide and affect their children and to prepare them for uh, these perilous times that we're in, they have to be themselves prepared. How are they going to prepare their kids with godly character, when godly character has become a pretty rare thing, even in our churches today. Exactly. So are we reading the Word, and are we reading it with the enthusiasm that God would want us to bring to it? Are we reading our favorite verse over and over again, or are we willing to read Esther and Daniel and about Paul and other people who are really courageous? And are we then going to exemplify the character qualities that would be required of us in perilous times, like effort, diligence, perseverance, being remorseful, resilient. How did you know I wrote a chapter on perseverance? Oh, you had to. That's one of, the seg- like one of the segments. But I'm going to add one yeah. more to your list of 48. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Courage. 
Well, I have Brave in my list. I, oh, okay. I, there I, you go. I have Brave. Brave. I went, I, I was badly, it's so funny you would say that because I kept battling between, you know, Brave and Courage. And I went yeah. with Brave for a variety of reasons, but absolutely. Yeah. And you know what, Chuck, when we know God and we know the strength of him in us, and we know the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's not hard to be brave. You have to have wisdom and you have to have a voice, which is being part of this living on purpose thing that you and I both agree mm-hmm. with. And then so much is possible. And once you have experience and you, you have the affirmation from the Lord for what you did to stand up for someone or something, and a mom and a dad say to a kid, man, I'm so proud of you for standing up for Billy and, and helping him go through that tough time. I'm so proud of you for being his friend when others are walking away. Come on, that changes kids. Yeah. And then they look for other ways that they can be influential in those positive ways. You know, it's interesting. I uh, a couple of years ago, as my one of my brothers was uh, passing, uh, he was in his final weeks or months before passing, and I went to visit him in California. And uh, he was sharing with me, even though he was he refused to receive Christ as his savior, mm-hmm. he said, "Chuck, there's one thing that I specifically remember about you." He said, remember back when we used to play Sandlot baseball? I said, yeah. He said, well, the thing that really stands out is that when others, I was the youngest guy around, and others didn't want me to be on the team. And you said, if my brother's not on the team, then neither am I. Mm. That carried him. And for him, that represented a kind of influence, a kind of courage, and a kind of, uh, you know, caring for others mm. that we wouldn't necessarily always think about. That's beautiful. Children remember, um, and who we hang with matters, right? It does. Oh, I love that. And, and I'm not surprised knowing you a bit that that would have been your attitude even back as a child. To stand up for others is what we're called to. Well, how do we define biblical character, though? It, it's kind yeah, of, biblical- you, you know, it, it, you can't touch it. You can't measure it with a measuring stick. Right. So how do you define, how can we be cognizant and grasp the concept of biblical character? Yeah, I love that you asked that. Let me back up and start with character in general, if you don't mind. Um, it is something that engraves us or sharpens us. It comes from Greek and Latin origins, the word character. So our character marks us. That's one of the reasons that mm-hmm. it becomes our reputation. It right. becomes our destiny. So biblical character would be, relying on the whole of the Scripture, the Old and the New Testament, Mm -hmm. the heroes that are there, the verses that are there, the illustrations that are there from Jesus himself, who had, obviously, biblical character, and it's um, being humbly obedient to all of the truth and wanting to glorify God through our actions. When you have biblical character, it's not about you looking good for your own gain. That would not be humility, which is one of the qualities. That would be pride. But biblical character would be um, doing all that we do for God because of God, using again the truth of Jesus as an example to us, and then all the other heroes and all the other scriptures that we can look to. So what do you make of it, Kathy, when the pastor of one of the largest churches in America has come out publicly and said the Old Testament is passe, don't pay any attention to it? Well, he's wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, you know, there's there's law. We're set free in Christ. When, we, when you have a true dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ, and he becomes Lord of your life, mm-hmm. not just Savior for fire insurance, but Lordship Christianity, Right. then um, there, there are things in the Old Testament that we don't have to necessarily worry about because we've been set free from the law. 
But, oh, my goodness, my friend, Proverbs is in the Old Testament. Yes. That is a book that we should read every day about the fool and the wise one and the humble and the arrogant. Exactly. The heroes of Daniel and Esther and how they were young and walked forward. Um, Moses and David and um, Naomi and Deborah and Ruth, and we could go on and on and on. You know, I the listed people... all of those characters, almost all of those characters <laughs> and more, uh, yeah. in my reference in this chapter sure. Uh, sure. of the book to prepare our children for persecution because yeah. they're the ones that show us how to stand in an evil day. I, I love that. And it, they also show us that it's a, it's a privilege to be chosen. I like to say to people, don't brag to me if you've never been hassled. You know, Satan doesn't care about what I call pew potatoes. Satan cares about people <laughs> who make him nervous. Yeah, right. Right? Right? And yeah. so... You know, live a life of faith and live a life of wisdom and love, and then have the care to be discerning and be, you know, all these things that, that you and I believe. And, and we can do it. We can all become more like Jesus and more of a biblical character person if we choose to. So immature character, or the opposite of genuine biblical character, mm-hmm. you say actually robs kids of their present and their future. In other yep. words, you put it differently Character is destiny. I love yeah. that. Character Good. is destiny. It defines a kid's destiny. Tell us more about that. Yes, and it's what I want to say. I love the way that you said that with such passion. And I want to say that we can teach it. We can become more like it. So to any of our listeners who are thinking, man, I need the book for me. Yeah, maybe you do. And I'm proud of you for being humble, which is one of the qualities, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then we can become more of, of this biblical character, and we can teach it to our kids, and we can affirm the good, and we can correct the negative, and we can talk about consequences, you know, this, this, because you gossiped, your, your, your peer group is no longer trusting you. That's the consequence for your choice. They're not bad kids. You did something that caused them to react to you. Would you like me to help you change it? We can absolutely um, improve where, where we stand in biblical character, and we can improve where our kids stand. And I think we must so that they can become the agents of change to the glory of God that they've been created to be. So when you say and call your book Parent Differently, uh, hmm. you know what does that include, parenting differently? <laughs> An awful lot of parents out there are parents by virtue of the fact that they uh, carry the DNA of the children that are in their house. But right. in terms of actual parenting, don't have much of an idea of what that means other than to put some food on the table and a roof over the head. Mm-hmm. Man, I appreciate your passion. Uh, providing is certainly a role that parents and grandparents well, sure. and kids, you know, do, and that's great. I, one of the things I mean by parent differently is to be intentional to know your priorities. What are your values? Why did God create the family that he created? Why are Mm -hmm. you that boy's dad and that girl's mom? And what does God have for you in this family? You know, he ordained the family before he ordained the church. It matters greatly. In fact, he ordained marriage before he ordained the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so good. (laughs) So, no, so it's important that we, um, that we behave rightly in that. Well, let's, since we just mentioned that, if we don't value marriage, how can we communicate mm-hmm. to our children to value the family? Again, um, you can try, and yet when they're old enough, they're going to begin to see the holes in the logic. And if uh, they're Bible readers, if they're Bible readers and they're attending a Christian worldview church, they're going to begin to see that there's hypocrisy here. 
And why are you afraid of a commitment? You want me to make a commitment to you? Why are you afraid of making a commitment to my mom? Do you know that that's exactly what's happened with regard to Generation Z Mm -hmm. uh, and the generation that preceded them, Generation X? They Mm -hmm. look back at uh, the baby boomers and the lack of faithfulness of the marriage and the free love situation. They said, Mm -hmm. we can't trust. And so they call it uh, failure to launch because they can't move out of the home. They can't, they're afraid to get married uh, because it's too dangerous. Yeah. You're communicating that really well. And so this is why you and I do what we do, right? Because there is hope. There are solutions that we can bring to the mess that would be our culture today. Yeah. And that's uh, that's why I brought you on the program here, obviously. Thank you. To help communicate this. Uh, I, I, can't, I don't want to be the one, the voice to communicate everything. We've got to bring some other folk alongside here. So, friends, get a copy of the book, Parent Differently. $14 on our website, saveus.org. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, Prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. All parents seem to desire obedient children, but they don't know how to develop the character in their children that they will voluntarily become obedient. It's a problem, friends. Character, our guest today says, determines behavior just as behavior demonstrates character. I love that phrase there. Character determines behavior, just as behavior demonstrates character. Build that out for us, Kathy. Right. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for asking about that. I believe that it's who we are that shows up in our behavior. Mm -hmm. So I want to be patient, grateful, joyful, kind. I don't want to just do things that are kind. I want to be a kind person. Mm -hmm. And when my heart is transformed through teaching and instruction, the effective consequences and the Holy Spirit's influence, then I'm able to consistently be who I say I am. So if we only, if we're rule-based, if you have rules, you know, don't run in the hall, you know, treat your sister kindly, you know, we, Mm -hmm. whatever, if you have rules, a lot of children think that they only have to follow the rule when someone's there to either reward them if they do or punish them if they don't. And this is why sometimes they don't launch well. They go out on their own and they fall flat on their face because the rules are no longer there Mm -hmm. or there's no one that's going to reward and punish them. So they don't understand the value. When you change their heart toward righteousness and toward the things that Jesus says matters, then even when you're not there, they're able to be well and do well. And even if the burden is heavy, See, I want kids today and adults to be well and do well, even when no one is looking and the burden is heavy. 
So if I protect this kid from being bullied, I might be bullied tomorrow, but I'm willing to do it because it's the right thing, mm-hmm. and being right is important to me. All right, so when you say carry the burden, uh, mm-hmm. what another way of translating that in light of what I've just been writing about is willing to endure persecution and to be able to stand and not conform to the demands of, uh, say, an ungodly government, an ungodly mm-hmm. teacher, uh, mm-hmm. ungodly peers, and so on. Exactly right. You know, I know who I am, and my foundation would be God's Word and God's ways and God's principles and God's truth. And that empowers me. That strengthens me. And then what's, what's really great about biblical character is learning how to stand strong without being, you know, mean and ridiculous about it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can handle persecution without having to persecute the ones trying to persecute you. <laughs> and, and that, you know, wouldn't that be Exactly. Right? That's so, so important. And we see that in the life of Daniel. We see that in the life of we see three Hebrew friends. Uh, mm-hmm. They were respectful of the law, even of the king. But they said, yes. we have a higher king. And uh, I'm sorry, Mr. King, but uh, we have to obey God rather than men. The same is true with Peter and John there facing the religious leaders of the day. Uh, they, their character was established upon the calling of God in their life, not the calling of the culture. Well stated. And I think another thing to bring up in this, con- in this conversation is the role that, it, the role that love for God plays and the mm-hmm. role that love for Christ plays. I'm all about teaching children wisdom, and certainly there's a place for them to understand rules. I'm not against that, certainly all in favor of obedience. I just want it to come from character and not from a rule-following um, fear kind of a thing. But I, I think we don't talk enough in the Church and in our families about loving God. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to stand, because I love God so much, I don't want to break His heart. Yeah. Well, although so Jesus said, love, if you love me, you're going to obey me. If right, you love right, me, right. you're going to keep my commandments. And if you don't right. keep my commandments, you don't love me. So right. they're, they're so, kind of yeah, intertwined, no. aren't they? Yeah, no, that's really good that you brought up those scriptures. So in the home and in the church and in the Christian schools and in our family devotions, are we talking enough about what's it like to love God? What's it look like if you love God? How does it feel to love God? What's the evidence that you loved Jesus well today? Let's well, talk more about that. Let, not just do you know God, what's the evidence of knowing God? Right. A lot of people know God. Satan knows God. But do you love God? So we know about God, we just don't know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting, I, I have said for decades now, that one of America's great plights is we believe in God, we just don't believe him. Mm-hmm which means yes. that we are not living according to godly character. We don't know God. We just know about him. Or we right. believe We're... in him, but so does the devil. That's so good. We're satisfied with such a little amount of, of truth, right? Yeah. We're reading our favorite verses over and over again, and I can be guilty of that as well. But when we know the word and the entirety of it, Proverbs and God's wisdom and instruction and what Christ says and how Christ mm-hmm. behaves, mm-hmm. then then we can do that. We can know so much more. We should want that. Are we hungry for daily bread? Is there any evidence in our life that we thirst for righteousness? You mention righteousness, which is right waysness according to God's description, not according to culture's description, and not according Mm -hmm. to our feelings. But what I've noticed, Kathy, 
over the past, in fact, it goes all the way back to the early 70s in California, where they began to change the language among teachers. Uh, They called it the encounter movement. And we were required uh, on the weekends to take special courses to teach us how to reframe our language. We could no longer talk in terms of facts, in in terms of opinions uh, or viewpoints. We had to talk in terms of feelings. Well, that got picked up in the church through the uh, church growth movement and the God is Love movement in the 1970s. So that by the 90s, feelings became the Lord of our lives, even in the church. So the whole idea of walking by faith and trusting God and his character was distorted, even perverted. So our children came to the idea that if I don't feel good, then, well, I'm going to do what I want because my feelings tell me what God wants me to do. What say you? Oh, I say you're exactly right. And it's as scary as the tone of your voice you know, indicates. We should run from that, and we better make sure in our own lives that we're not seeking that and satisfied by that. One of the things that, that has happened in our culture to amplify that is technology, which oh, is yeah. training our children that happiness is their right. It's why they multitask, they X out of games they might lose, they only have to answer the phone if they want to, whereas I'm old enough to remember the day when the phone was on the wall and we did not even have an answer. So you had to answer it if you wanted to <laughs> no, know wait who was a minute. calling. Wait a minute. You must be the ancient of days. I am so old. I am so old. I can remember <laughs> taking a roll of film and dropping it off at the store, waiting a whole week and having to paint for pictures that were really bad. You know, and now we take pictures and autocorrect them and share them with the world and watch for the like factor. And so mm-hmm. our children have been deceived to believe that if they feel good, then they must be good. Right. And if they make other people feel good, then again, they are good. And, and there's nothing, like, I don't want people to feel bad, obviously. Right. But, it can, but feelings cannot be the rule of the land. We're deceived. And this is where we stand up. And parents and, and educators and grandparents and others need to make sure that they're walking rightly in this wisdom so that they can, again, they have the integrity to talk to their kids about it. Exactly. The word integrity it's very, it's impossible to impart uh, genuine, faithful, biblical character to our kids if we are not living it ourselves. That's exactly right. In fact, wouldn't it be powerful? I, I hope you would agree with this, Chuck, that what if the family chose one or two or three qualities to work on for a week? You know, what if a dad said, you know, I went, I, I was at work and I had a report. This is actually a true story. A, a dad who read my book said that he had this encounter with his kids afterwards because he had gone to work, he had forgotten to do a report. He chose to do what he wanted to do rather than doing what his boss had told him to do. And so he did not get a report done on time. The boss had to come knock on the door. It was embarrassing. And the dad came home, and when the kids said how was work, the dad admitted to the kids that he did what he notices that they sometimes do, which is put happiness before responsibility. (laughs) He was irresponsible, and he was unhappy. And so as a family, they chose to work for a week or so on the quality of responsibility. And the mom was allowed to talk about it. The kids came home from school. What are some examples of responsibility that you saw today in your life or somebody else's life? Mm -hmm. The kids were encouraged to affirm teachers who were responsible. So the whole family could work on one of the qualities. So the kids understand that this is lifelong. I mean, God is good, and he can really transform us. Mm -hmm. But let's admit that the culture is loud, and the liar is loud, and he's prevalent. And so we have to be alert on a consistent basis at what would be good. And if the children see that mom and dad are working on 
being flexible or discerning or resilient or whatever, then, of course, the kids are going to have hope in that. And they're going to be, you know what, Chuck, when parents admit that they struggle, that actually influences kids in a positive way. It doesn't negate a parent's authority to admit that you're struggling. It can increase it. Because if, if kids think that you're perfect and you never struggle, they're not going to admit to you that they're struggling. Mm-hmm. So when you admit to your kids that you have struggled as recently as today or when you were 10, you did something similar, kids begin to believe that we're human and we can understand and they believe that we can pray with greater authority because of the knowledge that we have of this. Well, wait a minute, Kathy. Do those who are listening to you across the country, they believe that uh, that, that that you're not perfect? <laughs> I make sure they know I'm not perfect. <laughs> okay. Very, very Now, you talk about prioritizing character over obedience, and that's just the mm-hmm. beginning. Uh, yeah. It seems to me that is a very difficult thing to uh, to comprehend because we want obedience in our children. God desires yeah. our obedience, but he doesn't want us to be to obey only because we ought to but rather because we want to. So God yep. is interested in changing our want-tos, and I'd like to talk with you about that after this coming break. Friends, the book is called Parent Differently, uh, Raising Kids with Biblical Character. It'll change our culture, it will, and uh, it will change the, the atmosphere around you, change your family and so on. Uh, $14, we'll put the book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or you can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, I want you to know that, you see, when we tell other people about the program. Many of you have told me that you have contacted, talked to dozens of people about the program and encouraged them because the program encouraged you. It strengthened you. It wooed you. It warned you. It strengthened you. uh, And it will do the same for others. Be an extension. You have a ministry. That's part of the ministry. You can't be on the radio. Advance the cause. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. It's always a special privilege to come before you here day after day, now for 28 and a half years, confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. We're doing the same today as we talk about our children and grandchildren 
Kathy, I was thinking uh, just before the break about the many years that my four oldest grandchildren, we now have 10, uh, four oldest grandchildren uh, spent in our home uh, because their mother uh, was my right-hand person in our office. And so we were given the privilege and responsibility of, shall we say, almost co-parenting in a sense. Mm -hmm. We had authority uh, to discipline where necessary. And I remember oftentimes uh, talking to the kids and uh, tell them what I would like them to do. And they would respond with these words, but I don't want to. (laughs) And so my response was, well, then change your want to's. Mm -hmm. Change your want to's. Do you know, Kathy, that to this very day, if I were to start saying, but I don't, you know what they would say? Then change your want to's. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And it takes time, but over time, they can learn that. And that's what God wants to happen in our lives as parents. And then we can communicate that to our kids. We say to God, but I don't want to, or I don't feel like it. Well, change your want to's. So that has to do with this prioritizing character over obedience, doesn't it? Yes, I really appreciate you bringing that up. It, it has to do with values and our desires. And are they coming from Scripture? Mm-hmm. Again, the biblical worldview, are they, are they coming from culture? Culture would say that your desires don't need to line up with God's Word, and yet that's not true. And it's why so many people are sad today, because they believe that that lie. One of the reasons that I believe that we need to prioritize character is that every disobedient action is rooted in unhealthy character. Mm-hmm. So you can say to a kid over Wait and over again, say that stop, again, you? say that again, because that applies <laughs> to parents too. It oh, it does. Uh, <laughs> I want our listeners to like me, though. Um, no, because feelings matter. Oh my goodness, Kathy. Um, so every disobedient action is rooted in unhealthy character. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help our children to simply be told what not to do. Stop arguing, stop arguing, stop arguing. Or, why aren't you more patient? Why aren't you more patient? Well, maybe they're arguing because they have issues of pride, submission, selfishness, a lack of flexibility. And maybe they're not patient because they're fearful, jealous, self-centered, prideful. Mm-hmm. So when we observe children or adults behaving badly, slow down, step back, observe longer if you can, and see if the Spirit will help you determine and discern what are the character issues that have gone badly here. And when we teach those character issues, we'll see that obedience will follow. And it change, because it changes the heart and it goes with them wherever they are. So the no heart matter of what the, the matter is are. always the heart, isn't the, it? The heart, exactly. And it's, it, as Jeremiah <laughs> said, the heart of, of man is uh, very deceptive, very deceived. Who can yeah. even know it and understand it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's not just kids. That's, that's uh, no, parents, too. It's and us. No, no wonder God called the children of Israel the children of Israel because they never grew out of childhood. Man, I mean, this book was not easy to write. Let I me, and I'm sure the book you're working on is not easy to oh, write. Oh, no, no. I, it's, it's... I, was con- <laughs> I was confronted with real issues like, am I a diligent, persevering woman with effort? Am I somebody who discerns? Am I lazy? It was not an easy book to write, and I'm okay with that because I want to always become more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. We used to sing a song years ago, My Desire 
to be like Jesus, my desire to mm. be like him. Uh, I don't hear too much of that kind mm. of music these days. We hear a lot of lilting music about uh, love and uh, that kind of thing, feelings, but not so much about living out the godly character. Why do you think that mm. is? Mm. The first thing that comes to mind is immature writers of the music, um, uh, young people writing <laughs> and trying music to please the who, culture. <laughs> yeah, who haven't lived long enough to maybe know the one true God deeply enough. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad that you said that, and I think that again is part of discernment. What, why are we in the church we're in, and have we talked with worship pastors if we're concerned about what they're having us sing? So yeah, absolutely. Okay, so. There is no way to absolutely say to a parent that's listening today, you do one, two, three, and everything's hunky-dory. It doesn't work that way, does it? No, I wish it was. I do have suggestions about that, and so do you. But it's true. We have to understand it's a process. Mm-hmm. We wake up every day, and we try again. We put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. We apologize. We seek more goodness. Yeah, but it's not easy. Not necessarily easy. Now, earlier on, you mentioned technology. You alluded to technology. And Mm -hmm. uh, even as uh, I was coming to the broadcast studio today, I was listening to uh, someone on the radio talking about the horrific prison that technology is creating for our kids Mm. so that they can't supposedly, uh, you know, it's supposed to be increasing relationship. On the other hand, it's decreasing relationship. It's separating Mm -hmm. us from one another, separating children from their parents, separating the children from their friends, and then it's creating a a sense of hopelessness that's resulting into a suicidal kind of hopelessness among our Mm -hmm. young people. And that's true even among so-called Christian young people today. So what do you say to parents then with regard to technology that seems to have a vice grip on our every move? The first thing I'll say nobody might want to hear, but it is that we must decrease our use of technology before we expect our kids to decrease theirs. Oh, my young, I work with. I work with young adults and teenagers all the time, and they tell me, you know, Dr. Kathy, I'm not going to put my phone down if my mom doesn't put hers down. And they'll tell me things like, I'm not going to talk to my mom about a tough subject if she's got her phone, because as soon as it tings or rings or vibrates or, or you know, whatever, she's gone. Her mental energy is gone, and exactly. so I'm not going to do it. And how so we can need parents to... hear the voice of the Lord who speaks with oh. a still small voice when they've got that incessant ding in their ear? Right. We have to be really careful. Like technology is here to stay and mm. there's a lot of good about it. Right. But we also need to prioritize, you know, people in the room and books with pages that turn and, you know, I could go on and on. Um, but we, we have to understand our use of character and are we addicted and, and why and what are we going to do about it? Mm. And there are, there are better, you know, devices, there are better phones, there are better systems. We can do a you know twenty four hour fast. We there are things that we can do. Sorry, the how number does one character thing, relate then to our use of technology or its use of us? Yeah, it, it, character causes self centeredness, selfishness, entitlement, greed, um, happiness, and not joy. It steals the very thing God has instilled in us or wants to instill in us, mm-hmm. and it is the thing when I when I talk to young people. Chuck about um, technology and the lies that we believe that we demand choice. We have to be happy all the time and. We can be our own authority. We don't need anybody because we have Siri in our pocket. 
and I taught him about this, I have had them weep with me when they realized, Dr. Kathy, I knew that I was sinning, but I couldn't identify the source. Mm. So thank you for showing me the source of my pride and my my happiness and, and my self-centeredness and my selfishness and my, you know, lack of submission to my parents. We have to show them that it's the thing in your pocket, if you will, the thing in the backpack that is potentially destroying the heart that you have to have if you want to be an influential person in the very right way. Wow. We have to mm-hmm. leave it for ourselves. We have to want more for ourselves. So God is trying to parent parents who can adequately parent their children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's trying mm-hmm. to build his character into us so that we can build his character into the kids he's entrusted to us. Always, right? Because it is tough today. I'm glad that you do what you do. I'm privileged to do what I do. Mm-hmm. It's tough today. The culture is crazy. People are chaotic, and yet the Word of God stands. And it's relevant, and it's yeah. practical. And we need to go to those places of the mm-hmm. Word, and we need to make sure that we're in a Bible-teaching church, and that we're maybe doing a devotion, and you know, listening to shows like this on a regular basis so that we find the truth and the wisdom that we need because it isn't easy today. Rebellion is easy. Kids are kids are lost, a lot of them. Oh, We've yeah. got people listening today who are really concerned, and I, I love that you're listening, and I want to say that the concerns are legit because it isn't easy today, but it can get better and exactly. change is possible yeah. step by step, one idea at a time. And we can, we can make a difference. One of the things that uh, we say regularly here on the program, Kathy, is that uh, we're not here uh, to advance information, but rather transformation. And yes. uh, it seems that so much of our, our world, our culture, uh, we're on information overload. The same is true in our churches. We're educating people with information about God, but we're not necessarily training them to obey God, uh, to trust him mm-hmm. as God. And mm-hmm. uh, so that lack is being picked up by our children, and they have the idea, we have this idea that information is king. No, information can breed pride. Pride. Mm-hmm. What we want to see is change, change that we can believe in, that God can believe in, and that will transform the character of our kids, I think. Absolutely, and that requires wisdom, which is agreeing with God. Wisdom is a perspective about life that God provides. Information will not allow you to change the world, but wisdom will. And all of us are created to be influential change agents to the glory of God. It's one of the reasons people are dissatisfied, angry, and sad, because they're not living out their purpose, because they're satisfied with the information soundbite. True. I love to tell kids that, you know, Philippians 4.13 is an example is not a t-shirt slogan. It is a Bible verse. And we need to take Scripture seriously. Absolutely. Thank you so much. There's no hope for the character of our kids until we as moms and dads and grandparents do just that. CelebrateKids.com. How, how else can people connect with you? Uh, we're on FaceTime, Facebook, um, essentially. So, yeah, the website, CelebrateKids.com. Um, Facebook at CelebrateKidsInc. Um, on our website, there's a link to a newsletter sign-up, so if mm-hmm. you'd like to stay in contact with us, we would love to send you occasional updates about what we're developing and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. That would be super fun. We have podcasts as well, so they can find out about our podcast episodes on that mm-hmm. website. Wonderful. Okay. Now, the book, friends, is called Parent Differently, How to Raise Kids with Biblical Character 
that can change the culture that desperately needs to be changed. $14 will put this $15 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, let me just uh, give you a little bit of encouragement here, my friends. You see, we're at the beginning of a year. Now, we're not encouraging you to make a New Year's resolution per se, because we often are very poor at keeping those. But you Mm -hmm. might want to catch a vision. See, we're talking about catching a vision for parenting God's way, parenting God's way, about character, things that will last, things that will endure, and it requires patience. You see, God is patient with us. Have you noticed that? If he weren't, you and I would all be dead meat right now. He's he's patient with us. He endures our nonsense to a point. So he's encouraging us to be patient with our kids, but to have the same vision he has to parent them for destiny, a godly destiny. Because in in reality, let's put it honestly, if we really believe that Jesus is coming soon, and a growing majority in our country do, then we want to take this seriously, I think. We want to parent differently. We want to prepare our children for the times that are coming. And if they're not living by godly character, they will not be prepared to endure the perilous times that are coming. So thanks for joining us. Become a partner. Send your gifts by faith, friends, to Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Do it today. Don't delay. The other guy's not doing it. I know you think they are, but they're not. So let's purpose. Let's purpose as we begin this year to come on board. You've been listening to this program, some of you for years, and have never become a partner with us. Do it today. Go before the Lord. Ask what he would have you to give. And join with us to prepare the way of the Lord for history's vital life. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.